What's good guys and welcome to another episode of Mini Football Logic. It's Zeno here. Finally, episode 29 is here. I apologize for making you all wait. There wasn't a single episode uploaded throughout the whole of April. Damn, that's mad. Long as I ever went without uploading. Let's just say that life got in the way and I had some personal issues that I'm still trying to sort out. Which even stopped me from being able to upload on Friday or Saturday or Sunday as I planned. Nonetheless, let's get straight into the episode. Today we're going to discuss the Champions League and Europa League semi-finals that concluded last week. As you already probably know, the final has been decided. In the Champions League, it's going to be an all-English affair between Manchester City and Chelsea. And in the Europa League, Manchester United will face Villarreal. Let's talk about the Champions League first. In the two semi-finals, Real Madrid faced Chelsea and Manchester City played against Paris Saint-Germain. Both ties were underwhelming based on the simple fact that one side from each tie simply didn't turn up and the other took advantage. In the Chelsea vs Real Madrid semi-final, the Blues were extremely unfortunate to not take a comfortable lead from the first leg after an impressive performance, utilising the pace of Pulisic and Werner with a high degree of success. Real, just, Real didn't know how to handle them. You couldn't even win the midfield battle as Angola Kante ran the show in the middle of the park, made Crows and Modric look ordinary. Zidane decided that he wanted to match up Chelsea's 3-4-3 system with a 3-5-2. And it clearly just didn't work as they struggled to create anything throughout the first leg, having to rely on a piece of magical brilliance from Benzema. In the second leg, Chelsea continued to be solid defensively, a hallmark of Thomas Tuchel's impact since he became manager and restricted Real from creating any clear-cut opportunities. Chelsea continued to damage Real Madrid on the counter, even with the returning Sergio Ramos at the heart of defence. Kante once again, with the help of Jorginho, ran the midfield and rendered the world-class duel of Kroos and Modric useless. Even though Zidane learnt from the harsh exposure of the first leg by changing to a more familiar 4-3-3 system, the result remained the same. Now, moving on to the second Champions League semi-final between the two state-funded oil money titans of currently European football, the Qatari-owned PSG and the Emirati, Emirati-owned Manchester City. After beating the defending champions Bayern Munich in the previous round, much was expected of PSG, and they weren't able to step up. After an excellent first-half performance in the first leg, the French champions proceeded to fall apart. Manchester City put a lot more pressure in the second half, and from that point onwards, they'd wrestled control of the game. Once those two quick-fire goals went in from De Bruyne and from Riyad Mahrez, you know, which, which were either preventable or unlucky from a PSG point of view, the players completely went into a state of sulk. You know, just because, you know... De Bruyne's goal was just a cross that went in and Mahrez's free kick went in simply because Kipomb and the other Donny turned away in the middle of the wall and the ball perfectly went through the gap. There's no need to sulk. But guess what? That's what happened. And just again, got sent off for a nasty, nasty challenge and the players just lost their heads, their composure. Imagine doing this in the semi-finals of the Champions League at home. But I guess booting the ball up to Mbappe wasn't going to work against this city side, especially with Ruben Diaz lurking. Because that's what it really subjected to by the time the second half, you know, went, came to an end. It was just hit getting the ball to Mbappe and Neymar praying and, hurt, and hoping. Speaking of Mbappe, he was injured for the second leg, wasn't he? And PSG were even worse. 
Icardi, his replacement, was completely isolated up front, with Neymar and Di Maria both putting up borderline disaster classes on the wings. Neymar in particular was dilly-dallying on the ball way too much and was completely slowing down attacks when there were openings in the defence. He, he was stopping PSG attacks as much as Diaz was. He definitely thought he could win the game for his team, but his efforts seemed to have done the opposite. Remember, my guy said he, he would die on the pitch. Oh boy. Nonetheless, wherever they tried to play it from the back, there was about five City players pressuring the ball and the passing lanes. Of course, when Mario scored his third goal of the time, his second of the match, the PSG players lost their heads once again, with Kepom and Danilo Pereira moving like hitmen with their assassination attempts, reminiscent of Gay's very own in the first leg. Only thing is, they both didn't get red cards. <laughs> it's clear to see which one of these two teams spend their oil billions correctly. <laughs> Manchester City have never broken all-time chances record, but... They do have at least one fifty billion pound plus player in each part of the pitch. On the other hand, PSG spent around one hundred ninety-eight million pounds on Neymar and around one hundred sixty-four million on Mbappe. But look what happens when one is injured and the other one is struggling to make an impact. City have proved to be the more complete team. They have stars to replace superstars. They were outstanding and are finally in the final of the Champions League after many seasons of underwhelming campaigns where they were listed as one of the favourites, but then lost to a side unexpectedly. Leon, Monaco, Tottenham. Obviously, Manchester City faced Chelsea on Saturday in the Premier League and then the FA Cup semi-final before that. And interestingly, lost both games. But this does, but this does come with a caveat. Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola didn't play his best side, in, best side in both games. But regardless, Chelsea should be quietly confident about their chances against this juggernaut of English football. Against this juggernaut of English football. To be fair. Chelsea are low key juggernaut themselves. But let's get on to the Europa League semi-finals. Before the second leg even before the second leg of the ties even started, I think a lot of us had a feeling that one of the finalists were already pretty much decided. After a seriously dodgy first half performance where they found themselves 2-1 down at Old Trafford after taking the lead, Manchester United went full Lewandowski mode. Get it? You know, because Lewandowski scored five goals in the second half against Wolfsburg, infamously, all those years ago. And hit five second half goals to once again turn a negative result into a really positive one. In the second leg, Roma really tried to evoke vibes from 2018 versus Barcelona. But unfortunately fell three goals short with a defiant 3-2 victory which cut Manchester United's 6-2 first leg win to an 8-5 aggregate win. As for the second tie, it was a lot more in the balance. But maybe it shouldn't have been, as Arsenal were very bad against Villarreal in the first leg and were lucky to escape the Estadio de la Ceramica with a 2-1 loss. Instead of attacking the Spanish outfit from the start and making them uncomfortable, Arsenal were timid out the blocks and Villarreal were comfortable throughout the match, despite Aubameyang hitting the woodwork twice. All Arsenal needed was one goal, against a team that is managed by the man that is sacked. But Una Emery got his revenge, and the Europa League specialist has done it again. Even amidst the madness at Arsenal, he got them to an Europa League final too. This is his fifth Europa League final. Truly remarkable. Villarreal have even lost a game in the competition too, winning 12 and drawing two of their 14 matches. I told one of my friends, who's obviously an Arsenal fan, that they wouldn't get past Emery and I was proven right. He's just too good at this Europa League thing. But Villarreal did get cooked 4-2 by Celta de Vigo in La Liga yesterday. A lot of people probably have United nailed on as favourites to win the competition now, but you can't 100% rule out Villarreal. They do have really good players like top scorer Gerard Moreno, who has 27 goals this season in all competitions. 
Centre-back Pau Torres, a Spain international who has been linked with top clubs across Europe, and Danny Parejo, a string-pulling tempo setter in the middle of the pitch. Manchester United might have the better squad on paper, but Villarreal will go into this one with a lot of confidence and a manager that has been there and done it three times before. I might give proper predictions and previews for each final once we get closer to the date, but that's going to be all for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed the comeback episode and be ready to see my guy Dookie and maybe others in more episodes in the future. He's only been on two episodes in total and none since the turn of the year, but be sure to prepare for his comeback. There's plans to involve him and maybe others too in the rotation. The momentum that might have faded at the end of March is starting to build up again and now with my partner in crime participating in more episodes in the future, hopefully, it's, it's going to be much more easier to maintain that momentum. Once again, I hope you all enjoyed the I hope you all enjoyed the return and I'll see you in the next episode. Mini Lodge.